0: Hey, good evening. Hope you're uh, staying dry and warm. More dry, I'm sure you're staying warm. It's Almost seven o'clock. We'll get started pretty close to seven o'clock tonight. I got kicked out of my uh, living room and so I'm in a different room tonight, but not too far away. (laughs) Martha just said, you make it sound like you're so mistreated. I didn't get kicked out. I just didn't want to move all this stuff to the other room. So... um, I'm staying in this little office area that I have. That's all. Uh, Yeah. But hope that you are doing well tonight. I mentioned on my uh, announcement that I was sort of hopeful that we'd have power and internet service tonight. And so far, so good. Kind of looks like the tropical storm or hurricane or whatever it is now. I don't know what it is. Uh, It's like Ada isn't going to do too much damage. So that's a blessing. Um, I want to say too, uh, happy veterans day. Thank you to all the veterans. I know that, um, some of that sort of got lost with the storm and other news, but so it's a good day to remember all the people who have served us in the military. And, and I know we got a lot of our Bay area family that, um, that is past and present military. So thanks for all that y'all have done and are doing. Appreciate our veterans every day, but especially today. Good thing to remember. Um, yeah. Uh, Seven o'clock and going to get started in just a second. Glad that see Aloha and Victoria are here and Martha's watching. So that's a quorum. Let's go. I asked you to be thinking about... Um, the most dangerous thing that you've ever done, or a very dangerous thing that you have ever done. And a couple reasons for asking that. One, and the main reason, I just wanna know. I'm just interested to know, because I'm always surprised by uh, things that people have done. Um, It's gonna tie into our lesson. It's gonna all fit together beautifully. Uh, But post in the comments, one, just let us know you're here. Let, let let me know that uh, I'm not alone here. Uh, it's encouraging to see other people are with us. And then something that you have done, something you've tried that most people would consider dangerous. And I just mentioned Veterans Day. If you're a veteran, it's not a competition, but you win. Okay, um, you know military service, uh, even if it's not combat service, is certainly dangerous on a lot of levels so uh, yeah you win but maybe there's some other people who have done things that are considered dangerous i i try to think of something that i have done that's considered dangerous and if you go from like birth to age 22 i've got dozens of dangerous things growing up on a farm it seemed like everything we did was kind of half nuts and dangerous um when i was in my youth ministry years i did a bunch of stupid things Not so much dangerous. And really, as a preacher, I'm kind of out of the danger zone. I don't do dangerous things anymore. I've never parachuted or anything like that. And there was a time when I would like to have done stuff like that. There's no draw anymore. Um, But let us know if you have done anything dangerous. Um, Martha's going to let me know if anybody says... Jackie Hudson going in a cave dive. Jackie Hudson caving. I found out you can't. You're not supposed to call it splunking anymore. It's caving. A uh, cave dive, as Dave in Baker as in diving. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie moved to Tampa from Boston. Debbie moved to Tampa from Dangerous. Lois said, "Phil took me skiing in Vale, Colorado, in college with absolutely no instructions." Lois been skiing in Vale without knowing how to, teaching, to ski. Just uh, point Frank skis downhill. Uh, teaching his daughter to drive. Who's that? Frank Grand. Frank grant, <laughs> Yeah, all of us have taught our children to drive. It is <laughs> that is taking your life in your own hands, isn't Dave it? Uh, right. uh, construction in college, Dave, construction. Okay. Gina scuba diving. Scuba diving out out by Gina. Top middle school. <laughs> <laughs> Who said they taught middle school? Gina. Gina. Gina Thurman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Janae, that is. That's not dangerous. That's very bold Janae too. And dangerous. Nice. Uh,
1: Married was to a Mexico, fireman.
0: Almost attacked by a shark while I was for lobster. That—that's it, Keith. That's all you got. I would have thought you would have done something. You know, attacked by a shark. Come on. Almost attacked by a shark. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, free, uh Christian was nineteen, going to 100 on to hundred on state road <laughs> Going 90 to 100 on State Road 40, but Jim pushed this caveat before I became a Christian. Pat put uh, camp. Camp. Yeah. Okay, there. I have done dangerous things. Um, camp, yeah. Travis, I once flew over Mount St. Helens in a rickety plane with a pilot with no legs. Travis, well, wait, it, flew over Mount Christ St. Helens in a rickety plane with a pilot with no legs. I'm not sure how all that uh, meshes together, but uh, <laughs> sounds dangerous okay, good yeah see I this is great I worship with some real risk takers uh, that's good and if Martha didn't mind. mention what the dangerous thing you did is because we don't, we don't see all the comments. Facebook, I right? must not be friends with her on Facebook, she says. I'm not sure how that works. But uh, good. I'm looking forward to going back and reading some uh, of those. Jim Wait. or Linda Netler flying in a high-rise, fighting a high-rise fire. Jim. Yeah, well, Jim, yeah. Again, yeah, Jim's going to win the, the, the competition here, fighting He's a high-rise serious. fire. When I was 10 years old, I walked out onto a footbridge over the Grand Canyon Ooh, while yeah. my brother was rocking it. Debbie on a footbridge over the Grand Canyon at age 10, probably not all the safety features then while somebody was uh swaying the bridge. Okay. You know, we think back about things that what have I done that's sort of dangerous or risky. And we can, we can think of some things, can't we? And where I want to go tonight is how about spiritually on a spiritual level? Have you ever done anything, not so much dangerous? Okay. But at least something that you thought was a little bit risky. Um, I've found out as I talk to people who have been followers of Jesus for a pretty long time. People that I know have a a, a pretty good walk with the Lord. I, I listen to their stories, and people usually tell me, you know, the the times when I feel like I grew the most, the times when I felt like I was really close to God, are the times that I stepped out of my comfort zone. And and, and I agree with that. I look back at some of the um, highlights or or some some just some good memories of my Christian walk. And pretty often it's times when I was doing something that I didn't feel like I was qualified to do, or something that I didn't feel like I was even capable of doing. And I'm kind of asking myself, well, you know, how did I get into this? And then see how God uses, uh, you know, my little effort and, and, you know, have good things happen. So that's what I sort of want to talk to you about tonight as we get towards Matthew 14. You want to open up to Matthew 14 that's where we're going to be tonight um but this idea that, that this tension because i think as christians if we're not feeling the tension then we're missing something and and what i'm talking about is the tension of okay i think god's trying to tell me something and i think god wants me to, to do something i feel like i'm just being nudged or pulled and i know some people are really uncomfortable with that kind of verbiage i'm not at all because it happens to me all the time i can't exactly explain it but i just feel like okay god I think you're trying to tell me something. You know, I, I think you want me to kind of lean into this, and and then there's this tension of, mm, see, I don't think I'm the right person, and, and I'm not sure it's the right time, and and I get this, you know, this prompting and this nudging, and so there's this tension about, okay, I don't know. So we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, again, text is Matthew chapter 14. It is a really familiar story. In fact, it's two really familiar stories that we're going to talk about, but they're connected. And I think they're connected more than sometimes we uh, realize they are. Um, But it's a story, the two stories, that kind of describe that tension of how we feel like God's calling us to do something, but we're not exactly sure how it's going to get done. We're not exactly sure we're the right person for it. So I just want to read through uh, the text, and we're going to stop pretty often and make some comments and hopefully get to where I hope to end up at. But in Matthew chapter 14, I'm picking it up in verse 13, Um, the story of feeding the 5,000. It is uh, the only miracle outside the crucifixion and the resurrection uh, that's mentioned in all four Gospels. So... But I'm using Matthew's account. Matthew chapter 14. That's the only place we're going tonight. You can stay right there. Verse 13. Jesus heard what had happened. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. What Jesus had just heard was the murder of John the Baptist. And you probably remember that John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. Um, uh, John the Baptist was arrested by Herod because John kept preaching against Herod's marriage to his sister, which was both unlawful and immoral. And so Herod had him arrested and through a series of events uh, was actually uh, ultimately beheaded. Uh, Jesus, that's, that's what has just happened. That's when he heard what had happened. Uh, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. So Jesus loved John the Baptist and he's trying to get away by himself. He's trying to get away by himself because he wants to mourn. He, he, he's sad. Uh, verse 13, hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. It's tough being Jesus. So Jesus is trying to get away by himself. He's trying to mourn, and the crowds are all following him. And they're like, Jesus, okay, we know you want to be alone, but we want, we want, we want. You know, we need, we need, we need. Um, so they follow him. Verse 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he's trying to get away, he's landed, there's a big crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. So the crowds walk about half a day to get to where Jesus is. Um, and it's really interesting to me how Matthew and and other gospel writers kind of mention that he he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Like no big deal, you know, I would like a little more information there. I would have made a bigger deal about that, but Matthew doesn't. He had compassion on them and healed their sick, but now it's getting late and everybody's getting a little bit tired. Everybody's getting a little bit hungry, including the disciples. And so the disciples say, you need to send everybody away so they can get something to eat. Now, this is where the story starts to get pretty good. And this is where the story starts to get kind of interesting as it relates to what we're talking about tonight, especially. Verse 16, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's, There's no... Towns around, there's no place to go purchase food. Everyone's hungry. And Jesus says, no, they don't go away. You give them something deep. And here enters the tension that I'm talking about. Okay, Jesus wants me to do something. Jesus, there's a problem here and you want me to address it. But boy, I I can't address this problem. You know, and there's this tension of, what do you mean me do it? we can't do it and uh, that can't be done yeah there's there's a there's a problem there's a need that should be met um and, and 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 i'm sure the disciples were feeling this tension okay he wants us to do something but i don't know what he wants us to do i'm not sure what to do and, and um you know maybe you've felt that before okay there's a need right there and somebody should do something and for whatever reason you start feeling like i i, I feel like god wants me to get involved and if you're like me, you might be thinking, but, but no, wait, God, I don't, I don't do that. I'll pray about it. That's what I do. Now, I'll pray that somebody will volunteer in the children's ministry. I'll, I'll pray that the right person will get involved in the homeless ministry. Or I'll pray that someone will serve or someone will give. See, God, that's what I am. I'm a prayer warrior. That's kind of my thing. Um, don't expect me to do something because that's outside of my comfort zone because, hey, I know me. And if I get involved, somebody might expect me to do something that I'm really not equipped to do. And somebody might ask me questions that I'm really not equipped to answer. And, and, you know, I'm I'm just not comfortable doing that. But, you know, Jesus says, no, no, you do it. And and of course the disciples do what we usually do. Um, They start making excuses. Now, quite often we won't make excuses. We'll just flat out say, no, no, you know, I've thought about that, I'm not gonna get involved. But it's hard to say, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to do it when Jesus is standing right there. So instead of saying, no, I'm not going to do that, they just start making excuses. Verse 17, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Can't do it. You're asking the wrong guys. We're not equipped. We're not prepared. It's not going to happen. And then notice what Jesus says in verse 18. Bring them here to me, he said. I got to think the disciples were probably like i knew he was going to say that <laughs> i knew he was going to say something like that okay um just bring me what you have that's what jesus is telling just bring me what you have and maybe it's a preacher point but i think that's still what jesus is saying just bring me what you have just bring me what you got hey i don't have much education i've barely finished high school just bring me the education you got i don't really have a lot of time i'm really busy just just bring me the time you got. You know, I don't have a lot of resources. Just bring me the resources you have. I don't really know my Bible that well. So many people know the Bible better than I do. Just just bring me what Bible knowledge you have. I'm not going to be able to answer their questions. Just answer the questions you can. Just bring me what you got. And so they do. Verse 19. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. Now, we know the story so well, but try to put yourself there for a minute. Five loaves, two fish. Not a lot. I mean, just a little sack lunch, and which is, I mean, literally a sack lunch. And uh, Jesus says, bring them to me. So they bring them to Jesus. So here's the disciples. They hand this meager amount of food to Jesus. They're facing Jesus, uh, obviously. And Jesus takes the food. And he prays over it, and he hands it back to him. I'm facing Jesus, eye to eye. Um, thank you. <laughs> oh, um, What am I supposed to do with this? Are there still thousands of people behind me? Did they leave? I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Um, but here's the thing, and really, this is kind of the only point in this whole 30-minute uh, lesson here tonight, these guys just did what they knew how to do. That's all they do. They do what they know how to do. That's all they could do. They don't know how to feed 5000 people with a handful of food. But they did know how to take food, turn around and hand it to somebody else. They knew how to just have people sit down in groups of 50. They knew how to take food and, and hand it off. That's what they did. That's all Jesus wanted them to do. Just do what you know how to do, and then see what God does with it. Keep reading. Then he gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. They just did what they knew how to do. And then they trusted Jesus to do something really extraordinary. You know, they, they just did what they knew how to do, and they trust Jesus to do what only Jesus could do, I think God is calling us, just do what you know how to do. Trust me to do what only I can do. Um, when, When we feel that nudging inside of us, we feel like, okay, I think God wants me to get involved here. I think God wants me to do something. I think God wants me outside my comfort zone. And there's that tension. And we start thinking of all the excuses and all the reasons. I think Jesus would tell me, just do what you know how to do. Trust me. I'm here, you do what you know how to do, and I'll do what only I can do. So for Jesus, you know, this is kind of a faith thing. He's working on their faith. And what's at stake isn't just the fact that, you know, these people might not get fed. What's at stake is, I want to strengthen my disciples' faith. Now, Jesus isn't doing this miracle just to impress people. I don't think he's doing it just to feed the people. I think there's a teaching thing going on here uh for the disciples and for us but especially for the disciples um you know think about it if, if god wants something done it's, it's going to get done right whether he uses me or not but if he doesn't use me i'm going to miss out on the blessings of being used by god so you know what's at stake is really my uh, my faith the strengthening of my faith my relationship with the father yeah. but the story continues verse 20 still in matthew chapter 14 they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. And the disciples do not walk away saying, you know what, we gotta go into the restaurant business. We need to start catering. They don't say that. The disciples don't walk away saying, aren't we something? You know, look what we did. Now, uh, the disciples walk away saying, we just did what we knew how to do. Isn't Jesus something? Look what Jesus did. He used us in this minuscule way, but we just did what we knew how to do. Um, so I said that there was two stories that we're looking at tonight. That's the first story. And the first story is tied to the second story. And I think they're kind of, maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh, jumping to conclusions here, but I think they're, they're related closer than we might think they are. I think the first story is the teaching. I think the second story is the application. Now look at verse 22. Immediately, it's important that Matthew says this because he's tying these two stories together. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd, which would have been interesting. Jesus dismisses the crowd, and you think about it, he just fed them. He'd just been healing them. And now he says, okay, it's time for you all to go home. Had I been in the crowd, I think I would have been saying, you know, Jesus, I'm going to hang out with you for a while. I mean, our health care is taken care of, our our meals are taken care of. No, I'm going to hang with you for a while. But they don't. Somehow Jesus dismisses the crowd and we're told in the text that he removes himself to the mountainside to pray. Now, if you remember, that was his original uh, intention before the feeding of the 5,000. He was trying to get alone. He was trying to pray, coming off the heels of learning of the death of John the Baptist. Verse 23, Matthew 14. After he dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat, the disciples were in the boat headed across the lake, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So, the disciples are you know, in this boat rowing, I suspect, um, and, and they've been in boats before. They've been on the lake before. It's nighttime. It's dark. The wind is against them. They're rowing. They're not making very much progress. Uh, but again, it's something they're good at. It, it's something they're comfortable doing. Uh, they've done this before. Verse 25, during the fourth watch of the night, um, which about 3 a.m., uh, Jesus went out to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were, and the word that Matthew uses is, terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. They see, Jesus, in the middle of the night, in a, in a stormy situation, walking on the water, they are terrified. And I love the fact that Matthew, as well as the other gospel writers, are so brutally honest with us. I love the fact that they're really transparent. Remember, Matthew wrote the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew was in the boat as Jesus came. And Matthew admits, we were all terrified. Now, if I was writing the story, if it was the Gospel of Tim and I was in the boat that day, that night, I maybe wouldn't say, oh, I was scared to death. You know, I might write something like, and Jesus came walking on the water when he approached the boat. We all started chanting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we rode along beside while Jesus walked on the water. But Matthew doesn't say that. Matthew says, no, we were terrified. I mean, to me, that really gives uh, a credence to the, the gospel. These guys are telling it through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but they're telling it exactly like it happened. And Matthew says, we all were. I mean, John, he was terrified. Uh, James, terrified. uh, Bartholomew, terrified. We're all terrified. Um, It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to him, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Okay, you know this story. You know we're coming up to a really important part of the story here. Jesus walks on the water. It's a ghost. They're terrified. No, it's me. Don't be afraid. And we know who shows up next in the dialogue. We know what happens next. Uh, Peter is about to do something. Peter is about to get way outside of his comfort zone. But I think maybe there's something else going on here. I think maybe Peter is starting to connect a couple dots. I think maybe Peter is starting to remember, okay, just a couple hours ago, he told us to bring him this little bit of food. And he fed thousands and thousands of people. Just a little bit ago, he said, you know, bring me what you got, do what you can do, and I'll do something amazing. Now here he is walking on the water, telling us that it's him. Um, The wind was against him. You know, Jesus knew that they were going to be out there. He knew they were going to be struggling. Maybe Jesus is trying to teach us that we can do amazing things when we put our trust in him. Maybe maybe Jesus wants me to remember what happened back there with the thousands of people, that that I brought him what I had and he did amazing things. So verse 28, this this is Peter speaking now. Lord, if it's you, and I am really hoping that it's you. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water which is really significant. It is really significant, the question that Peter asks. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, invite me onto the water with you. And the reason I say it's really significant is Peter did not say, okay, I'm getting out of the boat and I'm just going to trust Jesus. I'm going to sink or swim or whatever or walk. I don't know, but I'm just going to get out of the boat and trust Jesus. It's not what Peter does. Because I've seen a lot of people enter a situation where they say, well, I'm just gonna do it. God's either gonna bless me or bail me out. You know, that's, that's not as faithful, I think, sometimes it is as foolish. But Peter says, if you invite me, if I know this is where you want me to be, if you're calling me out, ask me to join you. Um, Peter kind of understood, I think, and this is just my opinion, that the lesson here was, you know, if Jesus is going to ask me to do something that I'm incapable of doing, um, when he invites me out of my comfort zone, I'm just going to do what I know how to do. And I'm going to trust him to do what only he can do. Because let's face it, I don't know anything about walking on water. I don't know anything about, uh, you know, defying the laws of buoyancy. But I know how to throw my legs over, out of over side of a boat and I know how to walk. So if it's you, invite me out. And of course, Jesus invites him out. And Peter remembers what he did with the bread and the fish. Peter remembers handing out all that food. So Peter gets out of the boat. And when he gets out of the boat, he simply does what he knows how to do. He starts walking on the water. I'll do what I know how to do, and I'm going to put my faith in Jesus to do what only he can do. And to a certain extent, that is the Christian experience. To a certain extent, that that's kind of the definition of our Christian walk. I'm going to do what I know to do. And I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to trust God to be there and to do what only he can do. If I'm doing it in the will of God. If I've been invited into this uh, service i've been invited into this mission i'm going to do what i know how to do that's all i can do um it's a great uh, statement of faith by peter and i will dare you to pray that prayer i'll dare you to pray what peter just did jesus if you invite me i'm going to do it i'm going to come i'm going to try i'm going to step out I'm gonna get out of the boat. I'll do what I know how to do, because that's all I can do. And I'm gonna trust you to be there. And I'm gonna trust you to do what, what only you can do. But, of course, we know how the story ends, right? Verse 30, but when he, Peter, when he saw the wind, he was reminded of what he couldn't do, right? But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, "'Lord, save me.' Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith. This is obviously a faith thing going on between Peter and Jesus. Why did you doubt? Why did you start to think about all the things you couldn't do? And why did you start to think about all the things or wonder about the things that maybe I couldn't do? Where's your faith? And I don't know. I've thought a lot about this. And, and I've I've actually come down different times in my life on different sides of this question. Was Jesus chastising Peter here? I've come to the conclusion before that I think he probably was. But as I thought about that this week, I'm not so sure. I'm really not so sure that Jesus was chastising Peter as as much as we think he was. Because, hey, there's 11 guys still in the boat. There's 11 guys who didn't have the faith to get out of the boat. I I think maybe Peter was so close. (laughs) I think Peter was right there. He was so close. almost had it. You know, Peter, why did you doubt? Man, you got it. You understood. You're with me there. You asked the right question. You made the right move. Why'd you doubt? It? And I love the way the story ends, verse 32 when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You know, we suspected it back there when you fed uh, 5,000 people with just a little bit of food, but yeah, we're all in now. Yeah, Truly, you are the Son of God. Okay, let's wrap this thing up. Um, if you're watching tonight and if you're watching on a Wednesday night during the pandemic, during a hurricane, um, God bless you, really, <laughs> very encouraging. But if you're watching tonight, uh, if you're watching time, whether you are you know been going to church all your life, whether you just stumbled into this thing recently, we're here because somebody got out of the boat we are all being blessed because somebody in our history somebody had the faith to get out of the boat we're all part of the kingdom because somebody invited us to church somebody invited us to a small group somebody fixed us a meal Somebody wrote a note. Somebody wrote a check. Somebody introduced us to Jesus. I keep telling you, none of us figured it out on our own. Somebody helped us into the kingdom. You know, uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, no one comes to the Father but by him. But somebody introduced us to Jesus. Somebody got out of the boat. Somebody got out of their comfort zone. And boy, boy, Am I grateful to the people in my story that helped me in my Christian walk? And people that got out of their comfort zone and uh, maybe confronted me when I needed confronted or encouraged me when I needed encouraged. Uh, all the people that God used. Uh, and I know I can think of names who people would tell me, you know, I, I was really, I wasn't comfortable doing that, but um, I felt like God was nudging me there. So I'll wrap up by asking you where's God nudging you? this week? What doors do you see opening? And and where do you just feel in your heart? And it's so hard to to, to quantify that and to explain that. But where do you feel in your heart that I just feel like God wants me to step out of the boat here? I I just feel there's this tension here. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. And, And I can tell you five reasons why I shouldn't do that. But I just feel like god's nudging me now where is god nudging you just saying hey throw your leg over the side of the boat just start walking just do what you know how to do and have faith to trust me i'm there i'll do what only i can do Um, take the first step so that's my challenge for tonight would you be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And, and I'm not even going to give you options of, you know, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Because I have no idea where the Holy Spirit might be nudging you. And um, would you be willing to say, you know what, God, I'm I'm going to step out. I'm not qualified. I'm not prepared. and My, my resources are limited. But I'm going to step out. And I'm just going to do what I know how to do. And I'm going to see what an extraordinary God does with that. So that's my challenge for tonight. Um, I hope you were blessed by those stories, that uh, those two stories that we know so well. Um, I, I certainly, on one hand, I, I kind of hesitate sometimes, but not for long because I don't ever apologize for sharing things that we know so well. And I always tell you the reason they're so famous is because they're so good and there's so much in there. So um yeah, I love revisiting all those old stories that, you know, what can I learn from that? I always learn something new and God always seems to put something new in front of me. I hope he did for you tonight too. Um, I want to end with a prayer and a couple announcements. Um, <coughs> uh, man, you know, the list just keeps growing of people that we need to be praying for and about. Uh, D, D. Harris had uh, uh, a knee and I think maybe a hip replaced too. I thought it was just a knee, then someone told me there was a hip as well, and I saw on uh, Facebook that she'd commented, looking forward to tonight's discussion. So D, if you're still with us, wow, man, we've been praying for you, to, for the surgery to go well and, and all that, but man, to be here on a Wednesday night, uh, fresh off of uh, major surgery, uh, yeah, um, that's awesome uh so be praying for Dee's quick recovery uh found out that dana reed uh tested positive for COVID 19 and we want to keep dana in our prayers as well as orlando and Davrina, who uh, also are dealing with COVID 19. um hmm? orlando's home from the hospital but uh, still has some some recovering to do um uh, armando trejo uh lillian's uh uh husband is uh, in the hospital with some blood clots and he got some cardiac issues going on too so we want to be really prayerful for Armando um, Jessica Godwin Jessica Godwin Boone now um, just had a baby uh, excited about that and also a little bit of complication after that so want to be prayerful for Jessica and her baby and her family uh, as well so lots of things to be praying about and let's uh let's go ahead and go to God in prayer Father, we're so thankful that uh, that Matthew wrote what really happened and that the Holy Spirit prompted him to tell us just exactly what we needed to know about the story of you feeding all those people and the story of Peter getting out of a boat on a stormy night and and taking a few steps on the water. And uh, Father, may we read those not as long ago and far away but may we read those stories as historical facts that you want us to know and that you want us to learn from. So we're thankful that's the kind of God we serve, a God that makes a lot out of little and a God that defies what we say is possible. And I pray that uh, we would have the faith to allow you to do that in our lives, that you would take our little and make much and that you would take um, our little bit of faith and allow us to join you and do some pretty amazing things for the kingdom. Uh, Thank you for pushing us out of our comfort zone and and help us to be more comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, We're prayerful about the the names and the families and uh, the people that I just mentioned that we know and love, uh, those that are needed healing, those that are needing comfort, uh, those that are needing encouragement. Father, I pray that you would bless them each. and I'm thankful that uh, that you already know what I was going to ask, and you're already acting. So, uh, bless us as we're uh, kind of waiting out this storm. We're thankful that it has turned out to be something that uh, isn't as serious as it might have been, and but we'll pray prayerful for uh, for safety as well. And as always, thank you for Jesus, and thank you for all the people who stepped out of the boat on our behalf uh, to introduce us to Jesus. It's in His name that I pray. Amen. Hey, again, man, thanks for staying with me tonight. Um, Really encouraging. This would be a really good time to sign up for uh, worship service this Sunday. Um, If you go on the Facebook pages or the Bay Area website, you can sign up and get your name on there and make sure that uh, we have seating arrangements. Uh, I'll mention again that we want you back. You know, it, it's about time if you're comfortable um, we've uh, we've they've uh, a lot of people are working really hard to make it safe and I feel much safer sitting in worship service than I do at Publix I gotta tell you um, so we're distanced and we're taking precautions and all those things uh, plus I just worship better at Bay Area than I do at Publix <laughs> but uh, um, hey anything that uh, any comments that uh, I need to be aware of okay a lot more dangerous things were done that I'll read later yeah thanks for playing along these always fun. I, I love learning things about people um, so yeah um, also another announcement it is already men Thanksgiving is coming up and the college group is putting together some Thanksgiving baskets um, and they would love some help they would love to have some people uh, Help them with uh, the purchasing, the packing, the delivering. Uh, there's some, about 17 baskets will be fixed for people who are in a lower income area of mango, you know, our neighbors. Uh, and then also, if you know of anybody within the family or within your family, they could just really use a Thanksgiving blessing, you know, a turkey and, and uh, the fixings, uh, call the office. Let uh, Aloha know and she will put you in touch with the right people. And, you know, um, it's a great way to serve. Uh, a blessing. To sign up George. To sign up for okay, um, in the comments, Martha said George has the site, uh, the link to sign up for worship. And, uh, you know, every week we get people say, I forgot to sign up. Uh, so, well, don't forget. Um, oh, I, me- I forgot to mention too, A lot of a lot of people have asked me about dad. He is in a rehab facility right now in Brandon, and he'll be there for several weeks trying to get a little bit stronger. Um, No visitation, obviously, but uh, we certainly, as a family, uh, coverage prayers, yeah, he's being isolated for two weeks, quarantined basically for two weeks. And um, even we can't see him very much for very long, so we certainly coverage prayers on uh, on his behalf, and he misses his church family. so And I'll mention this, too. I know I'm kind of rambling, but this was great. Aloha said, don't be shy to call the office about the baskets. Alois said, don't be shy to call the office about the baskets. Are people shy to call the, bas- to call the office about things? I hope not. I hope not. Um, hey, this was great. Um, this past uh, yesterday, maybe the day before. I think it was yesterday, though. News was featured on uh, uh, ABC News. Talking about uh, our vice president-elect and the significance of a woman taking that role and the history of the politics and just the the social significance, and I got to watch it, and it was so engaging and insightful and um, uh, you might not know this i've seen Renee on different she's like the she's like the the media darling now she's on TV all the time as a lawyer. Uh, uh talking about the significance of different uh events and things and um it's pretty exciting to see one of our family members you know hey I know her hey that's Renee and to hear it from a Christian woman's perspective and uh so yeah way to go Renee that was really cool um there's probably a link somewhere you could find it I don't know but uh we're uh it was pretty neat so sorry I'm rambling I gotta get out of here but have a, Martha says, Renee DeVos for vice president. <laughs> I said, 20, uh, 2024. There you go. Vice president. I'll vote for your president. Let's go for it. Okay. I got to get out of here. Uh, thanks for staying with me and see you all Sunday.